The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. I, I, it's, what did I see this morning? I, it sounds like, well, we get updated on the UNR dashboard, and it sounds like cases at the university and university-specific cases with staff and all that, they've dropped. I mean, they're pretty good, but it sounds like Reno itself is uh, not doing well, and that I guess what the hospital just extent, you know, what, they've got a tents in the parking lot now or something like that? Yeah, there's a a parking garage that they've had um, shut down. They've had it like closed off and everything like that. And I've I've and uh, right. that's there's a they have a couple of uh, kind of satellite offices and stuff like that, like attached to the hospital and stuff like that. And took my daughter there to get a, to get looked at. And she was not feeling good and stuff. And so driving in there, it's like this whole parking garage is like like they have it all blocked off, and you can't like drive in there and everything. It's like whoa, what the heck. You know, have to drive around and park somewhere else. Right. And then, you know, the thing comes out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the overflow for people now. It's like, whoa, like it's just insane. And they, you know, they kind of built a little uh, impromptu tunnel or something like that to get people like straight in there from the uh, uh, from the hospital or something like that. And it's just, oh, yeah, it's weird. And there's stories about what El Paso having refrigerated trailers and stuff oh. like that for oh, yeah. the morgue trucks. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, as, if that's that's never good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that that was happening uh, in New York in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That they were having, you know, having to call all these, uh, yeah, refrigerated trucks. Like, oof, that's a, I don't know, that's that's brutal. But I, I just, I don't know. I hope, I hope that uh, perhaps with uh, seven more weeks or whatever of damage can get done. But I hope that uh, I hope that new leadership can get people to try to work together and try to nip this in the bud because like i said i'm, I'm looking i'm looking at other countries around the world and it's like okay it can be done but yes there i mean it's not like it's it knows no borders i mean canada's on the climb again but you know what did i you know and obviously europe's out of control again i think it's just i think we're just a uh well i don't want to say a spoiled spoiled society we just no one's no one has i don't think anyone's really accepted the grasp of how serious this is and how long yeah. it can continue on for <laughs> you know so hopefully i don't know hopefully people will adjust just stop and just make adjust you know just stop i don't know why it's i don't know why it's so hard for some people to, and they just and they're so in denial you know it's like i watched that i didn't watch but i saw the footage of that stupid uh march in washington yesterday and you know just massive super spreader event nobody's mm-hmm. wearing a mask you know no one's wearing a mask they're, you know they're about nobody and and then you know i guess last night you know some of the radical left biden supporters you know they went to go start you know but they all had their masks on but still like why just stay home people just stay home well there was uh there's plenty of white supremacists who didn't want to get outed <laughs> and fired from their jobs wearing masks that's uh <laughs> Painfully accurate. Painfully accurate, yeah. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of the Better Band Podcast. An all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band.
Welcome to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon with you today. And the song for today, we are covering a track from Live on Two Legs here. It was a, uh, a release, I guess, technically. I'm trying to cover all the songs. And so we have the Neil Young cover of uh, Fucking Up that they uh, that they did. And my guest to talk with me about that today is Bob Remington. Welcome back, Bob. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me uh, talk about a song that has the word fuck in the title so I can say that. <laughs> yes, no guilt here. It gives me it gives me a reason to say that, and I can you know people look people can look at me and say why are you saying bad words? Well, because I'm talking about fucking up with Brandon. That's why. <laughs> yes, and it's a very it's a very apropos song, or at least sentiment around this point in history. As you look around, and oh boy, <laughs> right? Yes, there are plenty of those who are in fact doing the title of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, this song uh, came out on the 1990 album with Crazy Horse uh, entitled Ragged Glory. I believe uh, Neil Young and Frank San Pedro have writing credits on it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this song is I've, you know, I personally have always been a real big fan of Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Now, I mean, I like Neil Young and I respect Neil Young and you know, I can listen to his solo stuff, but the Crazy Horse stuff, I've always just really dug. And I've always thought that if Pearl Jam had a different lead singer, they would be the world's best Crazy Horse cover band. Because I feel that, you know, Eddie doesn't sound like Neil per se, but, you know, the, the, the structure and sound of Pearl Jam has, I just, has always sounded a lot like Crazy Horse to me. Although it's funny because, you know, Obviously, Pearl Jam is a five-piece, a six-piece live, and Crazy Horse is just a four-piece. And the sound that those that they put out is uh, just, you know, it's great. So I, I've always thought, um, you know, when I first, I remember when I first heard uh, Ragged Glory. You know, let me, well, let me back up. When I first heard Pearl Jam's version of Fucking Up that was released here on the Live on Two Legs, I'm like. Wow, that's, I mean, it just, it sounds, you know, they've got the distortion on the guitars. You wouldn't know off those first opening riffs with the drums, you know, and then the, the bass and the guitar. Like, you wouldn't know, to me, that it's not Crazy Horse. It's, they sound just like it. They started playing this song in 93, and uh, this, this version on Live on Two Legs is taken from the September 15th, 1998 concert in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, all that stuff off that... Uh, that Yield tour that was um, right after Matt joined the band uh, on a permanent basis. And I, you know, that's one of the other reasons I really like this particular version of, of Fucking Up because um, there's also a good version on the uh, Live at the Orpheum back from 90, what is that, 93, 94. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there isn't very much in the way of good quality bootlegs because, uh, you know, they didn't really start releasing the bootlegs till the 2000 tour. So there isn't much high quality stuff, but the stuff that Matt was doing on that first part of the tour when they first, uh, when he first joined is really, um, I think some of the best, that's one of my favorite times. Um, there's a vault from Inglewood, California that was there and they played here in Vegas. And I don't know if you came down for that show, uh, you know, with X and Zeke and, 
you know, they sounded, they really sounded, I really think that was, you know, Pearl Jam sounded really great then. So it's, that's one of the reasons I like this one as well, because you get a nice, it's a nice time capsule. There's not a lot of recordings from that 98 yield tour, and there's some great stuff on there. Yeah. I think, uh, um, I didn't see that show. I think uh, after that, after uh, after 2000 starting, I, I've seen, I've been to all the Vegas ones. Right, right. But uh, it, so anyway, that's it, that whole well, that whole live on two legs. I think because all that that whole live on two legs was from that really that very condensed segment of the Yield tour. It started like in July till I think it was end of September. And because this uh, live on two legs came out when I think it was November of that year, right? Mm-hmm. It was pretty quick. It was a pretty quick turnaround. Pretty quick mix and release and get it out for the get it out for the holidays. <laughs> the the one of the other things about this particular version that I like as well and I've heard of I've heard of you know many of them. I've never seen this song live myself uh but <clears throat> I've seen or excuse me I've heard you know multiple cuts but this is one of the few I think that has like a double guitar solos and quite frankly I'm not sure if they're both mic or if one of them's stone and one of them's mic because I know that some versions I've heard I can tell that stone does the solo because it's coming out the uh you know, right channel in my headphone, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, when it's Mike. But uh, so I'm not sure if this is a. It's a but it, there's two great solos in here. I'm not sure if they're both Mike or if one's Stone, one's uh, one's Mike. I don't know, but there's some good some some good plucking going on there. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm amazed. I've seen this song four times. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Looking, it's like four times. Whoa. Yeah, I I uh, I. I I double checked my my math and looked. And I'm like, I haven't seen it. I've just heard it a bunch, but never uh, seen it. And it's it's usually like the closer right before Lead Better, right? I mean, that's usually when they place it in the set, I think. And in fact, that's why it was the last track on Live on Two Legs. It was kind of meant to be a closer track. Yeah. Even though at that concert they closed with Yellow Lead Better, they came back after that. Really? Yeah. But um, they they did it at uh, in Vegas in 2003. That and that's the one Vegas show. I didn't see because I because I, oh, I was is? living. I had moved to Denver for about five years, so that's the one track I, or the one Vegas show I didn't see. That was the one at the MGM, oh. right? That's the one where they opened up with Inside Job. Um, no, Inside Job was the uh, the sure. the next time that they were in Vegas. Yeah. So anyway, I that's I did not see that Vegas show. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this was before a self titled album came out. This was the uh, uh, what Riot Act tour. Right. So I saw them. And I saw them in Denver on that uh, on that tour, so I didn't see them here, and they didn't play it then. You know, I'm the one. Apparently, I'm the one that keeps fucking up because I don't pick the right <laughs> show to go to to see it. So it's 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 it falls on me. And uh, and speaking of fucking up, of course, Eddie doesn't get the lyrics right, or at least the uh, he doesn't sing the exact same ones that Neil Young sings in the song. Of course. Well, that's right. Right. He well, yeah. He does the. Um, you're talking at like that second verse, right? The the I can see on the hill comatose, but walking still, or no, oh, no. Even which, the which the, the beginning in uh, Neil Young he says, "Mindless drifter on the road, carry such right. an easy load." And he says, "Lonely drifter on the hill, one must Lonely have a heart right. of steel." And then the next line is, you know, it has heart of steel again. So, like, oh, oh, there it is. I see. Damn it, Eddie. <laughs> Well, it's kind of, you know, par for the course and doesn't always get all the words right. Well, well, by by that time of the show, yeah, by that time of the show, a bottle of wine, you know, a couple bottles of wine in and, uh, you know, whoever knows what else. I mean, the fact that he's still able to uh, sing is uh, impressive anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And 
it could it could just be uh too you know listening to this song well yeah, i don't know like saying like oh you know this is an old song that he's saying from since he was a kid it's like yeah this song came out in 1990 so it's not like super super old but i mean if you have the lyrics wrong to begin with and you kind of uh have that in your head they're always going to be wrong for you or you know somebody says oh they don't actually say that they say this it's like really oh wow oh i didn't know that you know looking at lyrics the lyric website years after because you're making a podcast and uh, you're like wow indian summer and i hate the heat oh that's uh i didn't <laughs> right. really uh, realize you said that <laughs> <laughs> right well and that's uh you know that's that's one of eddie's gifts is that he can uh he can he can sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody nobody knows differently. He can he can sell it, make it rhyme, and uh, say, you know, that's that's the that's the, that's the gift of end of show Eddie is that you can uh, change the lyrics to Yellow Lead Better every time because you don't even know what they are yourself, and you know you can change the lyrics to fucking up and say whatever you want, and you can get away with it, and everyone's gonna have a great time. Yeah, <laughs> because it's not how you look, but how you feel. I see what yes, you did yeah. there. I yeah, but that's how there. Eddie says it. And uh, Neil, said, <laughs> Neil says it's how you look and how and how you feel. So, I mean, you must have um... a heart of steel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you think that there's a um a, a sort of narrative going on with this uh, with the lyrics in this song, or do you think it's uh, just kind of words meant to? to just kind of have an excuse to just say fucking up after every line. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I put in a solid 50 to 60 hours of research for this episode. And uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, I was, I was thinking about it. Cause I just kept listening to it. And I'm like, you know, the song itself, I'm not a musician, but the song itself is, seems like just about the most, you know, basic, easy garage band riff it's just very simple and so then i i like is that you know and it, well and like back up you know neil young and crazy horse are kind of notorious for you know recording albums in like two days three days there's none of, there's none of this uh none of this you know pink floyd the wall two years to record an album like they even mirrorball was you know the same it was like they were gonna lay down a bunch of stuff gonna walk away from it we'll come back in three days and mix it and release it we're done so I don't know mm-hmm. um, if there's real deep meaning to the lyrics. I mean, there can be. I suppose you can overanalyze it, but I think it is kind of just, uh, I'm not going to say it's gibberish. It's not gibberish like perhaps Ledbetter might be, but I, I have a feeling that these lyrics were written probably in about half hour. 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 40 minutes, half hour. It's like, okay, man, here we go. Just like you said, yeah, that, and it, it's a nice, it's just a nice chorus. Why do I keep fucking up? And you can just, that can be the uh, that's that's the anthem, you know, and 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 so I don't know that there's real, you know, dogs that lick and dogs that bite, hounds the house through the night. I mean, okay, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Broken leashes are all over the floor. Keys left hanging on the swinging door. I mean, you know, I tried to kind of like, you know, put myself in the spot where I thought, is there really a deep meaning to these lyrics? And I mean, I don't know. I guess it just depends on. Your mindset i suppose it can be real deep or like i said it's probably just uh my take is probably they just you know put them together like i said yeah you said i said 40 minutes you said 30 and so we'll say 35 and that's about it and, you know <laughs> and, and laid and laid the track there but it, it is you know, it's a great song it's got a great rhythm great drum intro great 
guitar. Mm-hmm. It is a great rocker, but yeah, it's not, I think lyrically it's pretty simple. Do you think that uh, Ed has a a sort of lyrical that it connects to him lyrically in some way? Do you think that he sees it as a as a sort of story, which is why they've kind of picked up playing it, or you know they just kind of think it's a real easy jammy song to do to just uh, uh, kind of let Mike go crazy on there or whatever? No, I mean you know the point you make is is real valid. I don't. I never have really felt that. Pearl Jam or Ed or anybody just did anything to just do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They do everything. You know, there's there's a reason they play Baba O'Reilly. There's a reason they yeah. play. You know, I mean, so I'm sure that yeah, I'm you know, but Ed's you know, Ed has the gift of being a poet. I don't you know, I don't have that gift. So you know, perhaps he's able to read it and it just yeah, it does maybe just uh, hit something deep in his soul. And you know, that's why they do it. You know, the, like I said, the band does it great justice uh, every time they do it, whether it's 93 98 or you know uh they closed out that moline show with it and you know that is just as great then so i mean there's always i think there's always intent behind anything they do so yeah i'm sure that i'm sure ed gets uh he's he's probably he's probably reading something between the lines that you and i maybe aren't seeing or at least i'm not seeing i'm sure it's some narrative for him do you think you're supposed to feel sympathy for this person who keeps uh fucking up or that it's uh just like oh I'm an idiot, and <laughs> this is it, this is chiding them. I think that musically, it's probably the latter, you know, because it doesn't. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's, it seems like more the latter musically. It's kind of a grind, and you know, this guy's just kind of banging his head against the wall, like, why do I keep, you know? It's kind of like that uh, Chris Farley sketch. How could I be so stupid? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, I don't know that I'm supposed to feel sympathy for it because if I was. I feel like they try to sell it a little differently with, you know, whatever different chord structures or different rhythms. But this just feels kind of like a guy just, uh, yeah, just going out and going, you know, God, <laughs> what did I do? Uh, yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's what I, that's my take on it. Yeah. There, musically, there's no sort of redemption sort of in there. It doesn't like shift to a sort of uh, more light feeling to it of uh, kind of, bringing you up or, or anything it's is real you know dirty and just sort of down in it yeah it doesn't necessarily tell a story beginning middle and end it's just kind of vignettes of uh this guy messing everything up yeah little, yeah little yeah exactly a, a paragraph of what he did to screw up paragraph of what he did to screw up paragraph of what he did to screw up it's uh but then you know the last line you know keep fucking up it's almost like they're it's almost like an anthem to just go ahead and just keep being yourself and just keep fucking up doing just do it you, you've gotten yourself to this point and so keep fucking up why not <laughs> notably bush covered this song at uh woodstock 99 which was the 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 fucked up woodstock so <laughs> right i did see that and i thought uh and i tried to see if i could find a video or audio of it and i couldn't and then i thought to myself I didn't know if I wanted anyone to know that I'd searched out Bush in, in, <laughs> in my um, search engine. And Clear your browsing history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking up Bush. Let's see. I don't know. I don't need to see that. that says, I but I, I had, uh, yeah, I had saw that they did. I think that's what they closed their Woodstock set with. And, and I thought, you know, that just, that made me kind of laugh. I'm like, why, why is like, what was, why would Bush want that? Like, that's just not their thing. But I mean, I guess it was that day. I, and uh, yeah, that shocked me. I thought, why, why is, why is Bush doing fucking up? 
I can't imagine Gavin Rossdale singing this song at all. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if somebody out there has audio of that, send it to B. Palomo so that he can send it to me so that I can uh, hear it because I'd, I'd love to get a take on that. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Think about this song, or you know, Brandon. I, I, I like I said, I did fifty solid hours of research for it, and, I, and now I'm here. And but it's it really. Um, I don't know that there's a ton to it. It's just it, I do love the song. Uh, sometimes I'm surprised. Well, I don't want to say you know I am surprised. I, I feel like there's other Neil Young songs besides. Uh, I mean, really, Pearl Jam only does like two or three Neil Young songs. I'm sort of surprised they don't do some more. Uh, with their relationship with him, but this is, uh, it's, it really, it, this, if you listen to Neil Young and Crazy Horse version of this, and you listen to Pearl Jam's version of this, I mean, like I said, they're the greatest Crazy Horse cover band out there because they, they really are, they do it justice. There's not a, there's not a ton to it. It's just, a, it's a great way to close a show. It's a great anthem. It's, uh, and it's just a reminder that we can all do our best and we can all still fuck up and, Keep doing it. <laughs> if they were touring, they would probably uh, dedicate this to the uh, the current administration. That would be uh, absolutely <laughs> appropriate. And yeah, this yeah. But then, see, but then that would mean that they were actually dedicating something to him, and that might bother half the people. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, you, you, it's uh, yeah. Well, he he would certainly point it out. But hopefully, we can uh, hopefully we can move past that soon. So, so, so to to help everybody move past and uh, and, and try to make things better, do you have anything you think that uh, people can do to help share the light and uh, and contribute to a, a better sense of humanity out there in the world? Well, it's been said before. I think even on this podcast, oh, it can't be said enough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's wait, that's another album. Yeah, that's a, a song. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's been said before even on this podcast, I think, but I think it's worth reiterating. I think we're just at a point right now where we just need to listen to the other person and just, it's okay to listen and not offer a point or a counterpoint. And, you know, I think if we try to listen to one another, you know, we'll be better. I was, my son was talking the other day. He's like, yeah, I had a friend of mine from school that you know, their family supports Trump. And he's like, but I still talk to him. I'm like, well, you're right. I mean, why would you not talk to this person? Like you, you can, you know, you can still talk to people and you can listen to people and you can. So I think if we try to listen to each other and try to um, just be more uh, accepting of each other. And if we can, you know, I think one time in this podcast before I said smile at somebody. Well, it's hard to see people smile behind a mask, but you know, if you're wearing your mask and you do smile, you can see it in the eyes or you can at least give them eye contact and acknowledge and not the eye contact where you're judging someone up and down. But I think we just need to listen to each other. It's going to take a whole lot of listening to start the healing process mm -hmm. and the healing process will happen, but I think it's only going to happen if we allow everyone to be feel that they're heard. Otherwise, we're just going to be fucking up for a long time. <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on, Bob. It's always good uh, catching up and talking Pearl Jam with you. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. It's uh, always great. Always appreciate the work 
you do putting out uh, content for those of us uh, around the world and interweb to, to listen to. So as uh, you know, I don't know exactly when this is going to air, but I know that uh, 2020 has been a time where, at least for me, I have found much uh, solace and joy in just listening to people geek out uh, over Pearl Jam and it reignites that fire. And so I appreciate what you do and thank you for doing it for the rest of us to uh, listen to and look forward to chatting with you more in 2021. And hopefully, maybe just hopefully we can uh, get some, get some show, get, get some Pearl Jam shows together and uh, see some maybe, maybe in the next year. So that'd be, that would really be awesome. And so thank you for all you do. I appreciate it. No, yeah, no problem. Thanks, uh, you know. Thanks, thanks for coming on. So that I have, uh, so that I have a show. I got people to talk to. <laughs> you got it. We're, uh, we're we'll, we'll, we'll always, I'll always be here for you. <laughs> Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at betterbandpod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Bob and as always, this is Brandon saying... Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way.